Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. All right, Buffalo Bills fans, welcome back. It's another episode of Breaking Buffalo Rumblings. I am your host, Anthony Marino. Happy to be with you here today for our latest episode of our podcast. We appreciate everybody joining us each and every week as we talk about some of the breaking news for the Buffalo Bills, but also addressing some of the hot topics taking place around our favorite football team. So for this week, you know it's May. It's the end of A quiet period, I guess you could say, for NFL fans as we talk about OTAs and the Buffalo Bills with their offseason programming in week two of the OTAs. And really the the headline of our conversation for today's podcast is going to be around Josh Allen. Uh, And the question, if the hype train for Josh Allen is real, if it's something that you as a fan are on board with, or if it's something that you're quite frankly pumping the brakes as it's a little bit too early in the offseason for you at this time. A lot of this conversation stems from the media coverage around Josh Allen during the session, the most recent session that was available to the media on Tuesday afternoon where they were able to observe the latest practice for the Buffalo Bills. And by all accounts, Josh Allen looked spectacular during the Tuesday practice. And there were multiple reports coming from some of the uh, most trusted beat reporters that many of you follow on Twitter, including Joe Biscaglia, Sal Capaccio, Mark Ludwizik, uh, Matt Perino, Matthew Fairburn, amongst others, really covering the team and looking at it and everyone coming away from this session that Josh Allen had a great day on Tuesday. So with that, it's led to a little bit of a debate uh, amongst the media, amongst Bills fans, amongst those on Twitter that you may see taking a different stance of, of course, you've got the overly optimistic group that is excited. Uh, We're talking about football in May. Josh Allen, the prize quarterback, entering his second season positive feedback about everything that he's doing with some of the new weapons around him. Then, of course, you have some of the detractors on the other side that have been beaten down by things like the drought, by struggles at the quarterback position for the Buffalo Bills that take the stance and say, listen, let's wait until we see it in the regular season. Until any of that is in place, we are going to pump the brakes. And that's something that we do not want to get ahead of ourselves with right now. So, you know, interesting because I I put it out to some of the followers on Twitter to try and get an understanding from them. You know, where do you fall within within something like this, right? Is it something where you talk about the the hype train as it's been referred to by many? Is it something that you're jumping on board or really from your perspective, are you completely pumping the brakes 
And it's way too soon to get excited about Josh Allen and his play at this point. Now, as you know, most of my followers obviously are Buffalo Bills fans. So with that, you expect a hint of optimism. I'm not sure that I expected this much. As the time of this recording, uh, we've got about 80% of the responses are positive, saying that they are completely on board, where you've got around 20% that are pumping the brakes and not ready to get excited with the play of Josh Allen just yet. As I go back and forth with it, of course, I ask myself the same question, where do I fall on this? It shouldn't come as too much of a surprise for you guys that that I'm all aboard with this. And I realize there's been times we've talked about quarterbacks and off-season conditioning programs and how they've looked good in the past. Nathan Peterman comes to mind, Tyra Taylor, Ryan Fitzpatrick, amongst others, and we can go on and on. But none of those guys were the number seven overall pick in the first round of the NFL draft. And I think when you talk about the skill set that Josh Allen has, what he has shown, his abilities right down the final six games of the 2018 regular season, it is easy for me to get excited about it and the fact that he's looking good in OTAs. We look at the investment that the Buffalo Bills made along the offensive line, at the wide receiver position, tight end, and even you can throw in running back, right? So all of the weapons that have been added as as well as solidifying the protection for Josh Allen along the offensive line, it's easy for me to get excited about it, right? And with that, I say it because... From my perspective, you've got two choices. You can be positive about it or you can choose to be negative. And for myself, I I follow this team. I do the work with Buffalo Rumblings. I interact with everyone on Twitter uh, because I love this team, right? It's It's a hobby for me. It's something that I enjoy. You spend some time interacting with fans like yourself, getting excited about the season, And really, for the first time in a long time, right? I can't even remember, right? So we're probably talking back to the Drew Bledsoe era where you could say, listen, we know who our starting quarterback is. There is no question. There is reason to be optimistic. Think about how long that has been for fans, right? You talk about a 15-year stretch of competitions, about question marks, about all of these different pieces. So now that we have the quote-unquote franchise quarterback, right? The the guy with the opportunity, I guess you could say, to to win that title of franchise quarterback. Coming into camp, all of the workouts, all the number one reps, they are going to Josh Allen. You can remember last season, he was starting with the threes, slowly working his way up to taking some reps with the twos, an eventual series here or there with the ones. But really, for the most part, Josh Allen was relegated to third string During the 2018 season, I've said this before, I don't think there was any plan for him to play last season, at least as early as he did. And then Nathan Peterman falls flat on his face and Josh Allen is inserted into the second half of week one against the Baltimore Ravens. So listen, I don't want to talk too much about the past, trying to focus on the future. But when you look at the stretch, the performance of Josh Allen throughout the, the last six games, again, after he came back from the injury, during the 2018 season, it really was a a new quarterback, you could almost say, right? Someone that we felt a, a lot of optimism around as fans, but you would still think, man, you know what? The offensive line is not good. That does not allow the running game to get going in any way, shape, or form. 
most of these guys that are on the roster that were starters at wide receiver or major contributors at the start of the season have been cut and they are off the roster and now you're really focusing on you know Zay Jones a second round draft pick Robert Foster an undrafted free agent and Isaiah McKenzie who was plucked off the practice squad from the Denver Broncos is your three primary targets on offense with your rookie quarterback who by the way played at the University of Wyoming it's not like he was coming from the SEC so As things started to come together down the stretch, the Bills have a great performance against the Miami Dolphins in Week 17. You end the season with a sense of optimism. And remember, on the Believe podcast with John Boccasino, we talked about this before. Never really thought that you would feel that good at the end of a 6-10 season, but you come off Kyle Williams' last game, you come against a dominant performance against an AFC East rival, and then you head into free agency. And you got a ton of money to spend. Brandon Bean and his staff doing a great job addressing positions of need to help Josh Allen to put the focus on him. You add a Cole Beasley. You add a John Brown. You add a Tyler Croft. Who knows when he'll be back. But again, identifying these areas, going out and getting players that can be a good fit with it. So from my perspective, yes, I choose to be optimistic because of that. Now, with that said, some of the, the folks you interact with, you understand they might, may not have that same sense of optimism. I completely get it, right? You talk about the quarterback carousels over the years, even last year going into the three-way competition with Peterman Allen and A.J. McCarron, uh, just the years of trying to duct tape it together, right, as opposed to going into things and identifying and drafting a top-notch quarterback. And I didn't even touch base on E.J. Manuel before. So, you combine all of these pieces. I can understand where there are some folks that will have a bit of skepticism, a bit of pessimism around this, and go into this season and say, listen, I am pumping the brakes. This is OTAs. It is nothing to get excited about. Get into training camp. Get into the preseason. Heck, play a regular season game, and let's see what you do against the New York Jets on September 8th, and I get that part. But for me personally and many of the folks that I interact with, it does come down to I've got a choice to make, and if I have the choice to embrace the optimism around this, because for me that's more enjoyable, it's more fun, it just makes engaging with fans, again, following things in the media to look at it. I can be excited if there's a a lot of optimism around Josh Allen and what he's doing in OTA so far and looking forward to uh, what the the remainder of the offseason program will look like heading into training camp. I realize the end of July seems like a long time away for many of us, but again, you talk about this optimism, you look at the improvements that were made on the offensive side of the board, specifically to fit the needs of someone like a Josh Allen, it's, uh, it's easy for me to be excited. So why don't we do this, right? You can, you can uh, share in the comments, either here in the article at buffalorumblings.com. You can hit me up on Twitter at Anth Marino. Let me know how you feel. Let me know where you fall as it relates to Josh Allen's performance so far throughout OTAs. I'm probably going to take a break real quick. We will come back shortly after this. We're going to talk about some of the other observations taking place. Uh, Again, there's plenty of reports out there outside of the quarterback. We'll touch base on a couple of those things as we return for the latest edition of Breaking Buffalo Rumblings. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. 
Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. All right, Buffalo Bills fans, welcome back to Breaking Buffalo Rumblings. This is your host, Anthony Marino, talking week two of OTAs for the Buffalo Bills. And before the break, we talked about Josh Allen, his great performance so far. Obviously, again, we know it's early. It's only May OTAs taking place. It's not even training camp yet. It's not even a preseason game. Maybe a little bit early to be getting excited, but I think for Buffalo Bills fans, including myself, it's easy to get excited about the optimism for the second-year quarterback, seeing what he can do as he heads into his second season with the Buffalo Bills. But there's some other pieces from the OTAs that we felt like it was important to talk about. Uh, a lot of the feedback and coverage that we're, we're picking from today comes from Joe Biscaglia at WKBW, obviously always does a fantastic job in covering the team, and he had his observations. If you check the link here at buffalorumblings.com, we have got that article featured so you can check it out and see those specifics yourself. But I think as we pull from some of the observations that came from Joe, amongst others, in the media, some interesting takeaways from week two of the OTAs. And really that piece was a sense of optimism, and I know that's a a bit of a recurring theme here, but around Dawson Knox, the rookie tight end for the Buffalo Bills, third-round pick. You all know that the Bills traded two fourth-round selections in the 2019 draft to move up and select Knox as a tight end, but really seen as a tight end of the future. But here's what's happening with OTAs. Jason Kroom out with a hamstring injury. Uh, He had a tweak last week that we talked about during the podcast as he walked off with the help from a trainer. He is still sitting out these OTAs. And Tyler Croft, of course, broke his foot in the first day of OTAs last week as well. So really with that, Dawson Knox lining up with the first team at tight end. Uh, Lee Smith, who we see as a lock to be on the roster based on the recent contract track that he signed. He's not going to line up as a starter. He is a blocking tight end, maybe in different sets, right? Can surprise you and catch a pass, uh, you know, lined up at end. But but really with that, he is going to be a primary blocker with the occasional pass here and there. I would be surprised if he caught more than 10 passes during the 2019 season. So with that, right, although you see Smith as a lock to make the roster. Of course, Knox is too as a third round draft pick, but here he is in his second week of OTAs and he is lining up with the first team offense. And I think as we, you know, you look at the coverage and I'll take the quote right here from Biscalia, Knox was winning on his roots and finding space and finishing the plays with a catch for the most part. And you take a look at that, right? You talk about a guy that in his time at Old Miss, 
He converted from a quarterback to a tight end. So despite being selected in the third round, he's got tremendous upside, tremendous athleticism, but was one of those players that you would go into it and say, okay, but you know what? Croft is going to be the number one. Uh, Smith will be that blocking tight end. That'll allow Knox the opportunity to kind of grow into this and catch up in time as part of the Buffalo Bills offense. Well, then these injuries take place, and all of a sudden he's running with the first team. And you don't want to get ahead of yourself. Again, you're talking about a guy that it's much more of a project, but it gives him the opportunity to flash during OTAs. It gives him the opportunity to make a solid impression moving forward on the coaching staff, Sean McDermott, Brian Dable, to do some good things during this period that maybe they can accelerate that learning curve for him just a little bit. Uh, And they may need to because you look at the injury with Tyler Croft and you say to yourself, okay, three to four months post-surgery, what does that look like? That's a lot of speculation that came from Ian Rappaport per a, a source that he had. So we'll have to see what that looks like. Croft could come back sooner. It might be later, but Dawson Knox might be thrust into uh, into action a little bit sooner than many expected. So again, it's good to see that the young guy, given the opportunity, being forced into it, like we said before, but showing the potential that he can make some plays and developing an early rapport with Josh Allen. So not to focus just on all of the positive, and this is a little bit of the negative, and just like we say before, you don't want to get too optimistic. Well, you don't want to get too pessimistic either. Um, an interesting tidbit that was noted by Bis- by Biscalia, Cody Ford uh, lined up with the first team at right tackle, and it looks like he had a little bit of trouble dealing with Trent Murphy uh, when they were lined up opposite one another. Uh, Joe did mention, he said, listen, these linemen, they're not wearing pads. It's non-contact. It's, you know, really from, from that standpoint, like let's not, uh, you know, over get overexcited about any of the pieces taking place around Cody Ford. But it was interesting that he noted the struggles that he had, again, early on when he was lined up with the first unit at right tackle. Uh, You will remember last week it was Ty Niseki who was lined up at right tackle with the first team. Niseki got bumped down to the second team during this week but was playing at left tackle. So it's going to be interesting to see again the media. They are not uh, getting exposed to each day of these OTAs so they could mix things up here and there. They might be letting you see one thing and you know, on those days that the practice is closed, trying a completely different formation. It will be interesting to see if Cody Ford will stay exclusively at right tackle, if he might shift inside to guard. Uh, Also along the same lines, if uh, Ty Niseki, if he is going to continue to bounce back between left tackle and right tackle, or if once the Bills get to their mandatory minicamp, if things start to take shape there just a little bit more. So Cody Ford with some, uh, you know, getting bumped up to the first team, And Trent Murphy kind of putting it on the rookie just a little bit. So, you know, as we said before, I don't want it to be, well, hey, I can get all excited when there's reason to be optimism, optimistic. And if there's reason to be pessimistic, I just sort of brush it off. You know, not really the case there. But again, talking about the the report that came from Biscalia, amongst others, it doesn't seem any reason to panic right now. But the offensive line, as opposed to years past, there's going to be so much attention placed on this group when you look at the additions that were made in the draft and throughout free agency, as well as the holdovers from last season. So with that, kind of the final note that I'll probably uh, touch base with you on 
Ed Oliver starting to get work in with the ones. And this is something that is probably just a matter of time. Uh, Jordan Phillips has been, at least in those open sessions of the OTAs, has been working with the first team. And, you know, let's be honest. I mean, Ed Oliver selected at number nine overall. You've seen the highlights. You've probably watched some of the tape. You've, you've seen the scouting reports. You know, the Bills making that selection at number nine and knowing what Ed Oliver can be. It is only a matter of time until he will be stopping starting at defensive tackle next to Star Latulale. So for Jordan Phillips, probably just uh, you know again getting in his reps is going to be a good rotational player for the Bills during the 2019 season. Uh, but as far as that starting role, he is likely just keeping that seat for Ed Oliver until he has uh, kind of picked up the speed of the defense under Leslie Frazier and Sean McDermott and making the moves that he can. Uh, it was noted that it, when he was lined up opposite of Wyatt Teller, and Teller was getting some looks with the first-team offensive line as well, uh, that Oliver did not have too much trouble getting past uh, Teller and getting into the backfield for would-be sacks. So Teller is one of those interesting guys, a fifth-round draft pick in 2018. There's been some speculation if he had shown enough, if he will show enough throughout training camp to stick uh, for the the roster during the 2019 season. We know he was thrust into a starting position last year uh, based on some of the poor performance from uh, from the guard position, most notably Vlad Dukas. But as we do take a look at this, uh, it is of note, you know, here is a player with NFL starting experience at Oliver, again, albeit OTAs non-contact, in pads, I get it. So I don't want you, you know, rolling your eyes here as you listen to this. I do understand. But, you know, to see him starting to get that work in with the ones working his way up and, again, getting in the backfield, being that disruptor, there is a reason to be optimistic there. So, I, you know, I get it, right? The, uh, the theme of this podcast is probably uh, optimism as we talk about Josh Allen and everything that he's done in the OTA so far. Of course, you take a look at the work being done by Dawson Knox, the third-round draft pick, Ed Oliver, and even some flashes from Devin Singletary, catching passes from Josh Allen. I probably should have noted a little bit more on him earlier in the podcast, but it was interesting because people would always say, oh, when he played you know, his college ball, he, he, he's not a receiving threat. Well, that was the offense that they ran. And at least in the two open sessions of OTAs, the members of the media have been able to attend. They have noted that Singletary has been catching passes out of the backfield. He's looked comfortable doing it. Again, you talk about developing a rapport with Josh Allen, the other quarterbacks on the roster. So it's the OTAs. Of course, we're going to try to be optimistic. We're going to look at these pieces. Any any reason to be optimistic going towards this season, I think it's going to be something fun for Bills fans, myself included. And with that, we're going to wrap up this week of Breaking Buffalo Rumblings. I appreciate everybody tuning in each and every week. Please don't forget to hit that subscribe button. You can find us at buffalorumblings.com. You can find me at Twitter, at Ant Marino. We appreciate you listening and tuning in each week. Thanks again, and we'll talk to you next time.